Hey everybody, Coach here, and welcome to this week's episode, one that I'm sure will be fraught with controversy. Yes, indeed, I am going to address a controversial topic this week, one that will polarize many, and I get it. I will give the best explanation I can as to where I stand on the topic, and more importantly, the why behind it. It is chemicals versus natural applications in the landscape and garden. So I appreciate you joining me today. Hang on, because this one's going to be a little different. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Hey, welcome back. Hey, you know, a couple years ago, I created a video on uh, lawn substitutes, and it has been my number one video I have created thus far well over 100,000 views. It has also generated some comments from viewers over the years about a couple of things. Number one, it was one of my newer videos. So I agree with some of the commenters that said, hey, you know, it's a, there's a lot of talk and not a lot of action. And I was learning how to do this whole thing at the time. And well, you know, we make mistakes when we're first starting out, right? But the other comments were regarding the use of poison. Poison in the landscape, poison on the earth, etc. And how I should never be a proponent of its use. Now, with that being said, well, I am neither. I, I am neither. I am very pragmatic when it comes to the use of chemicals in our world, and especially a personal garden of my own, or back in the day, a customer's garden or landscape. Very, very conscientious when it came to the use of chemicals. You know, mama taught me years ago, many decades ago, that everything is fine in moderation, son. Well, in my professional career as a uh, landscape designer and landscape contractor, I used only really one chemical. I used it very successfully. I used it very judiciously, and I used it according to all manufacturers' instructions. I had great success with it. I used the chemical only to rid customers' landscapes of Bermuda grass, so a landscape makeover could be possible. Now, if you have not dealt with Bermuda grass before, they call it devil grass for a reason. It is a thick relentless, rhizomic-rooted, surface-stolen, fast-spreading, weedy grass that is the bane of nice landscapes, probably, at least on this continent, and for many homeowners, you know, wherever it exists. It's not the hybridized, ornamental type of Bermuda grass. I'm talking about the, uh, the kind of the wild Bermuda grass. And as I saw many, many times over, people just basically give up the fight and allow it to take over yards and gardens and ornamental lawns. And pretty soon that nice fescue bluegrass or ryegrass lawn is, is basically a Bermuda grass lawn. And it's tan in the winter. You know, it spreads from yard to yard, mainly by seed, but if your neighbor's infested with it next door, it'll go under fences, it'll, it'll, it'll find its way into your yard. And if it gets established, very, very hard to control just with a, a shovel or a hoe. It really is. As a professional contractor, <laughs> someone who was taking 
thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars from people. I could not rely on digging Bermuda grass out. I certainly could not or would not subscribe to the long time distance marathon of cardboarding or black plastic solarization to kill off this grass if I was doing professional work for people. I just couldn't. They were paying me a great deal of money to create a new outdoor environment. I did not want the old invasive Bermuda grass coming back in a short period of time and infesting the new lawn that they just paid lots of money for, or, you know, the ornamental lawnless landscape that they were trying to achieve. I mean, if you have a conscious bone in your body as a professional, and I readily admit there are a lot of so-called professionals out there that do not. They will do it the cheapest way, the fastest way, and old Bermuda grass coming back up, they don't give two about it. They really don't. So the chemical I used was glyphosate, commonly known as Roundup. Been around for 40 years or more, probably 50 years now, and I used it according to manufacturer's directions. I used it one or two applications, depending on the situation at hand and the, the age of the lawn that I had to get rid of. And it only allowed me to do this during the growing season. I mean, you cannot kill a Bermuda grass lawn in the wintertime. You just can't. It's dormant and it is an impossibility to do chemically. Then I would use after the lawn got its dead Serengeti tan look to it, then I would use a sod cutter and come in and remove the dead grass, knowing full well that I had a 95% chance that the chemical had systemically worked to kill the all-important root system. The root system that if you do not chemically treat it, and it is well established, you ain't gonna get it out with cardboard. You're not gonna get it out with black plastic solarization. The sterilization that you get from the black plastic will kill the weeds on the surface, and it may interrupt and cause no germination of weed seed that is an inch or two in the ground. But Bermuda grass will laugh at you. Literally, it will just laugh at you. It'll sit there and the tops will die off and you'll get a good surface kill. Take that plastic off and give it some sun and air and you watch, you watch what happens. I have not seen in my professional career, I have never seen black plastic control it. I've seen Bermuda grass come right up underneath black plastic, run horizontally underneath it and pop up at the edges. For either when someone was doing a, a walkway or parking area or some application like that, Bermuda grass will just laugh at you, it will. I also used glyphosate at uh, Weed Patch Ranch, my personal home, and I did it in much the same way. You know, one or two applications to kill off the worst of the worst weeds in the area that I was going to landscape. And I'm talking about an acre and a half. Yeah, and I needed to do it in something of a timely fashion, so I didn't have that much black plastic. I certainly didn't have that much kind of cardboard. and you know, I was able to, to do it with the glyphosate according to directions, and then I came back and did the landscape install. I either came across with a sod cutter in some places where it was thick and I needed to remove it, but there was also some other weedy grasses, one that's another one that's ground morning glory, which most of the time even glyphosate 
it would delay it, but sometimes it did not get rid of it. It really did not. So there were some weeds that, good luck if you're going to try to do that. It would be almost an impossible task to take on a professional landscape job, or certainly Weed Patch Ranch, with that natural application. I hope someone can educate me. I really do, that show me a way to get rid of that kind of stuff using a natural solution. Now, understand this. I did not saturate the ground over and over and over. I did not allow deep soaking of any poisons or anything else. This was my home, and more importantly, it was my customer's home. And I would not and could not and should not intentionally destroy all the soil organisms that they had in there. And guess what? Everything turned out okay. You know, I was able to landscape Weed Patch Ranch. I did hundreds and hundreds of yards over the years and everything grew. Everything grew really well. And you know what? I can remember many, many times going out there and in areas that I had sprayed judiciously, there was worms, there were bugs, Everything that I had planted grew very nicely. It's when the chemicals all over the world are used in such a fashion and in such a way that I really disagree with. I really do pose a challenge to you. Show me a way that eliminates grass such as Bermuda and ground morning glory and some other rhizomic spreading type of grasses that people do not want anymore. Other than a backhoe, other than a backhoe, how would you how would you go about doing it? I would love to see it. I really would. The other angle that I'm coming from is from a professional angle and not a personal homeowner angle. Making a living does not allow the luxury of time wasted. It also does not allow for, well, maybe it'll work. It does not. I could not guess whether I would have a successful old lawn removal and I could not rely after the new landscape was installed, well, yeah, maybe it worked. You know, I had to really know because it was very expensive if I had callbacks and whatnot in order to do that. So if I 100% subscribed to black plastic solarization and hoped, I would not be in business very long. I would know, I would know that the surface may be weakened or killed, but those rhizomes, I guarantee you, were alive and well underneath. And I know that they would spring back to life soon after that plastic was removed. The other thing is time. Time in the contractual world, as a landscape contractor or a general contractor or anything else, time is everything. Everything. I could never afford to wait two to three months or more to allow for a maybe die-off of a lawn. Plus, Customers didn't want to have a whole yard covered in black plastic. They really didn't. You know, they wanted their front lawn to be taken care of. And your contract said you're going to show up on X day and you're going to be done by X day. That's why they call it a contract. So Roundup it was, you know, used in the right way, according to directions. Now, okay, with all that said, I did not use it every time. I did not use it everywhere. I did not use it on everything. It was another tool I had in my toolbox, which almost all uh, landscape professionals use. 
and use but not abuse. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I could have brought in backhoes in one form or another if I had the accessibility. I could have brought in backhoes and dug four feet deep in the ground and re removed all soils that were in there and hauled it all off at an expense far out of reach of most competitive professional customers in my area, then imported all new soils and continued with the project. Oh, Jesus criminy. It would have been 10 times the cost of a project that anybody else would do. You just would not be in business. You really wouldn't. It is what it was. And in my humble opinion, my professional experience and my personal experience, when used correctly, it can be safe. It is effective. And using the correct PPE or personal protective equipment for myself, like gloves and a mask and eye protection and, you know, even a gown on occasion. I also did a lot of discussion with my customers. I told them exactly how I worked and what I used. It wasn't some great big surprise. And then I would tell and give them instructions. No pets, no kids, no people, no nothing in the area. It would get a yellow caution tape wrapped around it. And you were told to stay off of it. And it worked out very well for me. In contrast, a private individual or a homeowner, they can have the luxury of time. They can cardboard or plastic their whole yard if they want. That luxury is still a big maybe as far as efficacy afterwards. But, you know, maybe around small orchards or veggie gardens, I, I could see it used effectively. I really can. It is the so-called professionals that are hired on the cheap who come in and do not kill off the Bermuda grass or the invasive weeds, the rhizomic type of weeds. They landscape, you know, whatever you contracted, if you used a contractor or if you did a handyman, maybe there was just a handshake and you gave them hundreds if not thousands of dollars and they're gone down the road 90, 120 days later when all that invasive weed rear their ugly heads and reinfest that $10,000 front yard that you just spent all that money on. And do you think that they return to weed or remedy your customer complaint? <laughs> They're gone, never to be heard from again. So maybe you'll ask this question of me. So coach, what other chemicals do I or did I use besides glyphosate? Roundup. Well, in my personal properties, I use copper oil spray in the wintertime, late fall and wintertime for my peaches and nectarines to slow down or prevent peach leaf curl when they were dormant obviously not when they were growing i did use lightweight neem oils occasionally for my gosh i had some knockout roses that were just to die for yeah, but you know when the strong water sprays didn't work yeah i used some neem oil on them and it worked really really good it really did and you know by gosh i actually used fertilizer on my lawns i used fertilizer on my lawns three to four times a year that was about it, is it. That's the extent of all my poison proponent angle. It really is. Do you know what my biggest weed remover was? It was my freaking hula hoe or my old trenching shovel, which I used and went out there in the morning hours and in, the, in the, the cooler parts of the year or cooler parts of the day, and I would just knock down the weeds. And believe me, in the Central Valley of Northern California, where I lived, weeds were just an ever-present, ever-constant thing. 
in the landscape. You had to constantly keep up on it or they would just overrun your property. They would. But, you know, once you got on top of it and it was just a maintenance thing, then the hula hoe and the shovel, about 90% of the time. There was times when if you had a, oh, if you had a harvest in the acreage a couple places away and there was a lot of wind, there would be stuff that would blow into your yard and it would sit there until the following spring and then it would germinate. And yeah, occasionally I had to pull out the backpack sprayer, but it was not around my edibles. It was not around my fruit trees. It was not around my uh, vegetable garden. Uh, I did occasionally surface spray stuff that was out in the olive orchard, but that was not glyphosate. That was just a topical weed control. Am I a believer in natural remedies for weeds and bugs? Sure I am. Yes, in, in a big way. When it comes to weeds, I've, I've tried and seen uh, weed control that is not chemical. It's more like vinegar and salts and stuff like that mixed up in a spray bottle and treated. But most of that is on a very small scale, very small yard type of scale. And when it comes to bugs, there's nicotine applications and, you know, you're soaking cigarettes in a bucket of water and then using that water. That's okay. I mean, if it works, it works. But I also believe to the safe, practical options with a little or a lot of punch when needed when it comes from technology and the chemical world. Do I believe in permaculture and all that it involves? Yeah. Most of it, I do. If you want to have a yard that is producing edibles and that kind of stuff, and you don't want to get into the rototilling, you don't want to get into the chemical weed control, hey, I get it. You know, just double dig your rows for your vegetable garden and plant your fruit trees and whatever comes up, comes up around them. And you can just hand weed around the stuff that you have to, hey, I, that's fine. I get it. But when it comes to edibles and stuff, I had a, I had a friend when I was in the business. We'll call him Ken. Ken was a commercial fumigator. He was the one that went around to a lot of the huge wholesale produce houses and the ports in Northern California. And he had to treat all fruits and veggies and everything that came in or was going to the U.S. <laughs> he used to tell me all the time, he, he laughs at stores that have organic veggies and organic fruits, and yet they say uh, a product of another country. He says, it all gets treated. By law, it has to be treated. You cannot not treat it. It has to be treated before it leaves the shores of the U.S., and it has to be treated when it comes into the U.S., irregardless of how it was raised. So... He thinks organic is just another way of jacking up prices. But hey, there were tons of warehouses where he fumigated with methyl bromide and it was supposed to be organic. So just understand that, you know, there are chemicals out there and they're used at a judicious level, I hope. But the industry standard for him was methyl bromide. And they don't do it in the soils anymore. I remember a few decades ago where soils were sterilized and injected with methyl bromide and then the fields were covered with plastic visqueen to sterilize the soils. And I don't, at least in the state of California, I don't think it's allowed anymore. Maybe it is, but I don't think so. But hey, organic or not, it still got treated with chemical. You know, I think the best way we can sum this up is I think a well thought out approach to weed and pest treatment 
is a plan everybody should adopt and one that you can live with. You know, I think the least toxic approach in order to maintain or eliminate something in the landscape is my call. It's plain and simple. And you have a few weeds here and there, you, you don't need to spray for that. You can get out there with a hoe and knock them down. I mean, it's, it's easy enough. So for those of you, and you know who you are, for those of you who scoff at the use of chemicals, I get it. But I bet 99% of you who do scoff, you are not professional landscapers or professionals in one capacity or another. Those of you who scoff are probably DIYers to a certain degree, which I applaud. I really do. I would also surmise that you DIYers who ridicule chemical use may never have had the professional responsibility of another's property to beautify it at great expense. But sometimes, sometimes, it is easier from a distance to ridicule, scoff, and lay verbal damnation at a creator's feet. It is easy from afar. I realize that. I get it all. That's just the risk of being a creator on a social media platform in this day and age. But there are those times when I am offering landscape success education and I emphasize success that I will offer those chemical solutions. You can do your own due diligence and make an informed decision as how you want to proceed. Many times than not, you can achieve landscape success without the use of chemicals. It may take longer, it may take more effort, but success can be achieved. But just remember this, if you have a thousand square feet of Bermuda grass lawn that's been there for 20 years and you want to take it out and you want to put something else in to plant and you don't want it coming back, you have a couple of choices and here they are. You can spray and kill it. You can get a backhoe or you can get a pick and you can just start in on it. But remember, you have to get each and every rhizome out of that ground. Break it off underneath a, the head of a pick or a shovel. Think that you dig shovel deep down and you think you got all of that Bermuda grass? You're kidding yourself. You really are. Not to mention any sort of Bermuda grass seed that is sitting in the thatch layer. So just as an industry standard that is used by true professionals and the potential of mitigating the word maybe is why I stand behind the use of chemicals under the right circumstances, despite the trolls out there. Opinions are like, uh, and everybody has one. And you're certainly, certainly afforded that opportunity. I really don't want to make an argument out of it. You have to remember that as a creator, and as a retired professional, I know from what direction I bring this education to you. Not just the pretties in plan of the week, not just the pretty designs, but the actual in the effing trenches on how are you gonna do it and do it successfully. You know, a, a coach, a true coach, doesn't always have that warm, fuzzy, fleecy blanket to throw around you. Sometimes a coach is gonna make you sweat, is gonna make you work, and is gonna make you successful, provided that you follow a few of the steps that a coach lays down. And that's what my whole goal is here on this channel. 
everything in moderation, only in the right circumstances with the goal of landscape success, not frustration, not failure, and not cursing me when you go about it a different way and the project falls flat on its face. That is not what I'm here to do. You know, your, your due diligence and your opinion, that is yours and you have license to have it. That's why God gave us free will, right? Free to go about doing the things the way we want, free to succeed, free to fail, free to experiment, free to decide, and of course, free to criticize as well. But when it comes down to landscape success, there are those occasions where you might have to turn to the chemical technology that has been provided to us and then follow the directions accordingly, plain and simple. And I wasn't going to sit back and just take it on the chin all the time anymore without explaining all the angles from which I come from and all the options of which you have. So that's what I have for you this week. I really hope that you stuck with me all the way. I will have a much more visual dialogue when it comes over on the YouTube channel, and I hope you join me over there as well. But again, to your landscape success, thanks for joining me, and I'll, I'll see you next week, that's for sure. Appreciate your time. Take care. Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Again, thanks for listening to this week's show, and we'll see you right here next week.